So you want to start a podcast. You feel like it's what God's putting on your heart to do, but you have no idea where to go from there. Anchor.fm is what I used to edit and to put this podcast out to you each and every week. So if you feel like that's on your heart, you don't know where to start and you want something super easy, go to anchor.fm and get started today. Welcome to season 13 of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear the freedom story of the individual in today's podcast episode. I pray that it will leave you encouraged and it will also lead you to a closer relationship with God. Please share this with whoever you think needs to hear this message today. And thank you for your continued support and for listening and being with me for almost three years now. So God bless and let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you guys to a new friend who is actually on the opposite side of the state as me. And we just found out we have a mutual person in our lives. So that's really cool. Uh, This is Beth Guckenberger. And I cannot wait to get to learn more about her, her story, and also her book that comes out today, Warrior of Eden. So Beth, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Dean. I look forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners a little more about yourself? Of course. Um, Oh, I married my high school sweetheart. And shortly after we graduated from Indiana University, we moved out of the country to begin a nonprofit organization for to help orphans and vulnerable children. So we've Mm -hmm. been leading that now about 27 years. Um, We lived out of the country 15 of those 27 years. We formed a family where we have, uh, we raised 11 children. So seven girls and four boys. There's lots of material in all those and all (laughs) that. Some of those children came to my family through adoption, some through foster care um, and some biologically. And uh, about 15 years ago, I started to write books about some of the experiences I was having internationally, mm-hmm. some of the ways in which I was watching God come through for me and my family. And uh, all of that's culminated in the most recent title that I'm releasing today called Warrior of Eden. That's so cool. 11 children. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because I have I feel like they're always teaching me not mm-hmm. only what it is that they're learning, but I'm learning about myself. I'm learning my own areas of weakness. I'm learning... Um, yeah, lots of opportunities for God to to strengthen me. Absolutely. So let's get into your freedom story. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a Christian home and I, I'm so grateful for that childhood. I loved mm-hmm. church. I loved, I not only loved church, I loved Jesus mm-hmm. and I loved all the Jesus culture that came with it. I loved vacation Bible school and I loved my Christian boyfriend who I eventually married and it, <laughs> So it was, uh, when I was 23 years old, my father was diagnosed with cancer and I was like, oh, it's okay. We've, we've read our Bibles. We just pray where two or three are gathered and we pray in Jesus name. And we pray after we fasted and we pray and anoint you with some kind of oil. Like I, I, I know my Bible, I know what God can do and I know how much he loves us. And, Mm -hmm. and even as he was getting sicker and sicker, I was quoting out of the book of first Kings about don't worry. Like, just like Elijah, like water's going on the altar, but it'll still light up in fire. The stakes are higher, but the miracle will be bigger. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it was a shock to my 
system in every sense of that when uh, my father passed away that year and I broke up with Jesus. I didn't have any, the, I didn't have room in my theology for a God who didn't do what I wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And I now know there's a passage in Isaiah f- chapter 51, where in the message translation, Eugene Peterson writes about uh, genie gods. And I had a genie God. I had a God that I thought if I rubbed his belly, he would pop out and give me my wishes. And so um, anyway, he, he did not give me my wishes. I fell away for a little bit, but the truth is it's all I'd ever known. And it felt really empty and confusing to be out of fellowship with the Lord. So I came back, but I kept telling him, I got a, I have a spiritual bruise. Mm-hmm. I have this little tender spot, spot in me um, that really I now would say was more like disappointment, but I didn't have those words. And so my freedom story is really the process that God has taken me on. And that was almost 30 years ago of understanding that there's plenty to testify in the middle of stories I don't like and I can't control. I Sometimes at church, we only give our microphones and tell people to testify to stories when prodigals come home and marriages are restored and mm-hmm. cancer counts go down. But there's a lot. I would go on to be in the middle of some very, very hard stories working with orphans in, in this country and others. Those are some of the hardest stories on the planet. And mm-hmm. I needed to learn what it means to find God in the middle of things that aren't happening the way we want them to. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I know that a lot of people have gone through that at different times. And when you lose someone that close, it can either bring you closer or pull you away. It's so hard for us to understand that. And I know that's a question that a lot of people have is why would a good God let something like this happen? I mean, I I think that we all, we all have to have certain truths we hold on to mm-hmm. when something's happening we don't like. Like yeah. maybe it's God you're sovereign. Uh, maybe it's God you're good. Maybe it's, uh, you know, God be with me in the waiting. I, you know, we all have our own little phrases that and truths that we hold on to when it feels like kind of it's all too much. But what what do you do when, when you're in the middle of hard or waiting? What do you hold on to? You know, I'll admit that I have not always held on to anything. When my grandmother died, 73, 25, and 26, where it talks about the, my heart may fail, then I know you're there. It, I mean, that's my paraphrase. Mm-hmm. But so when that happened, it brought me closer. But then years later, when numerous things happened, like boom, 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 like it just, you know it kind of tore me for a while. Yeah. And, you know, other things, there's a whole story attached with that, but I mean, yeah, it, it takes a while and it takes a lot of training to get your mind to go, okay, this sucks, but let's bring it back to the truth. And Jesus never promised us an easy life, never promised that things were going to go smooth sailing from the time we're born till the time we die. And so I've just, you know, had to turn around and trust. And it's not, like I said, it's not easy. It's not an easy road, but it's okay to get mad at God too. Like he can take it. He can take you yelling at him and saying things that other people say. Maybe you shouldn't say that to God. Well, God can take it. (laughs) Yeah. The the Psalms are a perfect example of that. Full full of emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like for me, freedom and part, I used to think my heart has to feel free. 
to be free. Yeah. But my heart, um, I mean, God, God's wrote us a bunch about our mind, right? Like set your mind on things above and take Mm -hmm. every thought captive and renew your thinking. And Mm -hmm. he knew that if my mind was in the right place, my heart would follow. And the world's always telling us, follow your heart and listen to your heart. And my heart is a mess. It is, it is much easier to get my head in the right place. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that that's what your listeners, that's what readers that that's what our friends want to hear is like when it actually started to really count and matter, mm-hmm. what did you hold on to? Cause maybe yeah. I'm going to remember it. And later I'm going to try to hold on to that because, yeah. and I'm going to remember your story about how that's what you held on to. So, so mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that Psalm. That's a great Psalm to share, to, to hold on to. Yeah. Any Bible I get, I always mark that because that's, that's a marker for me. Mm-hmm. So 2014, this was the last verse I ever read with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of those women. This is, you guys can't see it, but this is her up here. Mm-hmm. That was her high school graduation picture. And so I always hold it in my office because she's an essential part like mm-hmm. of my life. Um, she was closer th- to me than my own mother. Mm-hmm. And she read her Bible. She had like four devotionals. She read them every day. She had them stacked on her living room table and she didn't do another thing until she had her coffee and read. <laughs> and that's what she did every day. And so until she couldn't, mm-hmm. until she couldn't because she was getting weaker and weaker. So until she couldn't, mm-hmm. but she was still able to hold on to things, hold on to the truth that she had read for so long. Yeah. When I think about my mom used to tell me when I was growing up, when things get really bad, go to the 911 verse, mm-hmm. uh, which is Psalm 91 1 about. Yep. We can rest in the shelter of the shadow of the almighty and I, I different parts I've of my life. I've liked different pieces of that verse, but mm-hmm. late, lately I've been really encouraged by that, that we can rest yeah. and that we can hear news that stresses us out, or we can have a relationship that feels confusing, or we can mm-hmm. have a future that is unknown, or we can have a fear that's getting the best of us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And right. you just want to rest from it for a minute. And the, mm-hmm. the idea that we can come to him and rest. I think that's where real freedom is found. It's not yes. in the, in the, everything is better or the way I want it. It's the nothing is the way I want it. It's not better. And I'm still okay here. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I know that I'll encourage somebody today. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you talked about Psalm 91 one, mm-hmm. is there any other verses that you hold to when, um, you're going through something? Hmm. If you leave me alone with my Bible long enough, I usually find myself in the book of Exodus. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes joke that I have a Bible crush on Moses, but <laughs> I, I, I like, um, I like Moses's faithfulness. I like his spirit of obedience. Mm-hmm. I like that he got asked to do an assignment that outsized him and he, he still stepped into it. Mm-hmm. Exodus 33, 11, there's a passage where he goes up into the tent of the meeting and there you know, he's, he's meeting face to face, it says with the Lord as one would a friend. And the verse mm-hmm. gets a lot of attention because it's a, it's fun to think of God feeling towards us or communicating with us as a friend would. Yeah. But the second part of that verse says that Moses leaves, he, he goes up, gets to download face to face with God, Shekinah glory. It's amazing. Then he goes back down to tell God's people what it is the Lord had told him, but Joshua had followed him up there and he was being mentored. Um, by mm-hmm. Moses. And it says, Joshua, the son, um, 
of none. He didn't leave. Like when Moses left, he didn't leave. And I like that idea that Moses went up there in obedience and just simply by doing what God asked him to, he was influencing somebody mm-hmm. and really the next generation. Mm-hmm. So I do, I like that idea that like, I can go there. I can meet with God face to face. He will be a friend to me. Mm-hmm. And by my obedience, I have the opportunity to influence, um, you know, the next generation, which is important in my life with the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And if you turn your Bibles, just a couple of books after that, you see all these crazy stories of Joshua. Like he fights a battle in Jericho and he, mm-hmm. you know, Mark, he, he goes into the land like a spy, like he does crazy things. And mm-hmm. I think the only reason he was able to do that is because he learned how to be with the Lord face to face. And so right. when I feel like God's asked too much of me, or there's an assignment that outsizes me, I just think, okay, Lord, how about you and I go into the tent of the meeting? You meet with me like a friend and let's get what I need in uh, straight before I go out and say yes. Wow. I think that will definitely, that'll definitely hit home for those of us who are in ministry and people who, I mean, in your own homes and just the next generation around you, even if you don't have biological children or children in your home, mm-hmm. but you've got children all around you. Um, wow. That's, I've never looked at that verse before that way. Yeah. So this, that's, that's one of my favorite things about scripture, right? Mm-hmm. You can just keep turning it and turning it and old verses end up, not old verses, familiar verses end up <laughs> feeling fresh right. when you look at them either through someone else's experience or, or in a new way. Mm-hmm. And Joshua was, which is really important because that's true for us today. Like I, I was saying to my husband last night, if I just think about today, gosh, I got today. Today's great. Mm-hmm. It's when I think about tomorrow and mm-hmm. all the tomorrows after that, that I'm like, oh, do I have what it takes? Is that going to be okay? Or that, you know, like all, that's when all my questions kind of come. Mm-hmm. So Joshua is a great example of that. And I think yeah. that's easy for all of us to do in some way, shape or form. Like we're looking at our bank account and like, oh, crud. <laughs> or yeah. we're looking at the way the world is. And like, if we, we put too much focus on that and we keep our eyes on that instead of on God, then we're just sitting there going, I don't know how we're going to get through this, yeah. but he does. Cause he already knows the end. He does. And I think that's, uh, I like to study Hebrew and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't teach it in an academic sense, just in a Bible study sense. And mm-hmm. the word for hope in Hebrew is the word Tikva mm-hmm. and Tikva has a big definition, but one part of it is that it is a cord. It harkens back to the story of Rahab and how she put a cord out her window um, mm-hmm. in that story. But I mean, literally hope is a rope. Like it's this idea that it's not an abstract idea. It's something concrete and it's something we hold on to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really beautiful to think about. Like hope is a rope. It's something that we we hold on to and trust that God's with us, even, mm-hmm. even in whatever story we might be finding ourselves in. And right. for me, when I was writing Warrior of Eden, I was thinking about, I had shied away from topics around Uh, about women. Most of my books were about, uh, I mean, all kinds of things, prayer and faith and Mm -hmm. spiritual warfare. And I've written on a lot of topics. I'd never written specifically about women, um, but I found this passage, not found, I mean, I've read it many times, the creation (laughs) story, Genesis chapter two, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when the intelligent designer was designing. And he said, now go for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. God created a, a helper suitable for him. 
And the word helper in Hebrew is Azar. Mm -hmm. And the word suitable means in Hebrew, like corresponding or like a lot of Hebrew words are like word pictures. And the, mm -hmm. the rabbis talk about two planks propped up against each other, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and it's this beautiful idea. We'll see, we see that word Azar 21 times in our Old Testament, and it's mm -hmm. almost exclusively in a military context. It's this mm -hmm. idea that someone's going to bring help to you that you can't bring to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it, so this idea is like, it's, it wasn't good for there just to be men. God created women to be corresponding, to be in the battle with them, to bring help mm -hmm. to them. They can't bring to themselves. And then the chapter three, we have this part where Adam and Eve ate the apple and the sin comes into the world. And now it hurts when we have our babies and now men have to work by the sweat of their brows, it says, mm -hmm. and men will rule over women. And in 2024 here, we are, we are taking medicine. So our babies don't hurt when they come out and mm -hmm. we're fertilizing the ground and using machines. So we don't always have to work by the sweat of our brows, mm -hmm. but yet we still uphold this weird little part of the curse that says men will rule over women. So mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to explore what it looks like for women to be um, the way God made us in a fight next mm -hmm. to not just husband, Adam, but all the Adams and mm -hmm. And all the eaves and bringing the kind of help that comes through hope and encouragement, like we've talked about, or through mm -hmm. prayer mm -hmm. or through service or all kinds of ways in which we can help. But um, that was kind of my heart behind opening, uh, opening my laptop and deciding to write about this topic. Yeah. And as soon as I received your book, like I looked at a couple pages in the intro area uh -huh. and I was like, Mackenzie, I got to talk to her because <laughs> this has been something that I've dealt with. You mm -hmm. know, I've dealt with the whole, like, women shouldn't do this. Women shouldn't do that. Women shouldn't do this. And now being a ministry leader, a speaker, soon to be author, all those things and wanting to serve in certain capacities in the church, not wanting to be in a kitchen or with babies all the time, because that's just not where I'm not good in either place. Yeah. Um, you don't want me in either place for too long. So being the way I feel I'm called and then having that squashed and then having to build back up to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm okay. This is what God's calling me to do. I shouldn't shrink and I shouldn't worry about being too much. And I shouldn't worry about like, I know what God is calling me to do. He's calling me to go forward and not st stand behind, stand with, but not shrink back. I think that's really important, Gina, because God never intended you to be less than who you were made to be. Right. And I've had a couple of people ask me if in calling women to be all that God made them, are we in any way feminizing men or, or hurting men? And I, my answer is just like, being all that I was made to be should make, should invite or call out the men in my life to be all that they were made to be. I right. shouldn't, shouldn't be making them smaller. No, it should, it should be making them stronger. That's yeah. what the, that's what the design was. And, and I, I have no desire for anyone to think that I'm writing or trying to convince someone to be that women are better or should right. be first. That's fundamentally unbiblical. I mean, mm -hmm. the first shall be last and we're supposed to humble ourselves and all the verses. I know those verses. Yeah. I just, I just want to make sure that though, 
the spiritual ecosystem around me is based on the way that God designed it and not on some funny little cocktail of culture wars and church politics and, Mm -hmm. and a history that has its heel on the neck of a gender that was made in the image of God. That doesn't make any sense that we would hold her down. Right. Um, We want her to be unleashed. Exactly. And God's calling all of us out and up. Yes. He's not calling any of us to shrink in and go down. No, he's not calling us to do that. So a hundred percent. And, and when, when you see a woman being all that God made her to be, it's pretty breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I used to, I, one of the chapters talks about, um, healing my Paul grudge. I, I didn't understand some of the things that he had written. And so I, I didn't like them and sometimes just Mm -hmm. avoided them. Yeah. Yeah. But when you look at not just what Paul said, but what Paul did, planted mm-hmm. churches and women's houses, gave ministry ministry responsibilities to women, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And you see that the early church modeled him and did the same. Mm-hmm. Um, church historians will say that the gospel exploded in the first 300 years after Jesus died in a way that it hasn't in the last 1700 years. Mm-hmm. And many people argue because in the last millennial and a half we benched half the team you know we we yeah. we put women in a place that didn't allow them to do all that god had for them mm-hmm. and so um could could we while the stakes are as high as they are today could we un- unbench that team mm-hmm. and watch god do what he wants to do through women mm-hmm. well that that gets me excited just thinking about that because <laughs> i i can see where you're talking about with the paul thing because yeah. he i think if people just take the bible at face value and don't look into the cultural then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, Paul says women should be quiet and women should be this and they should have coverings over their heads during service and all this kind of stuff. But then when you actually dig into the what wise. was going on in the places where he's talking about that, I mean, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, no, he meant because these women were not being who they should be. Yes. You know, they were sorcerers or they were preaching a false gospel. And that's, those are the women he was telling that needed to be quiet. You're right. He wasn't telling, I mean, he had Lydia and all those other women come out. Yes. And so, I mean, that's, you know, you get churches and you get denominations and everything throughout, throughout time that say, well, women should be quiet Mm -hmm. and they pick one verse. And that's the thing that denominations and religions have fought over for years is, one verse they'll pick and choose a verse yes without digging in yes. and i commend churches and denominations who kind of break free from that at least in that aspect yeah because i mean i've seen that where you know the church that i dealt with that with they now have a place for women to do and to be and to move into their giftings and it's been such a great thing to watch happen great. now Oh yeah. So it's been encouraging. So to see that physically see that, but also, you know, be able to start digging into things. And I know we never intend on speaking about certain things because we never want it to be taken the wrong way, but you know, God is calling women up and out. And all the chapter titles are questions because Mm -hmm. I I really wanted to share my curiosity and wonderings. I'm Mm -hmm. not, not trying to convince anyone. I'm right. I'm convinced these days, good teaching leaves you with better questions, not more answers. True. And so mm-hmm. part of what I want to do is just 
provide the forum for the question, provide mm -hmm. some of the content that I've been looking at, and then invite readers to, to engage in these conversations with their faith leaders, with their sisters, mm -hmm. with their husbands, with their people, and and not be afraid of some of these topics. Mm -hmm. So um, I just, I'm hoping to stir the pot in the most biblical way, not in a <laughs> to create problems way, but in a May it cause us all to open our Bibles and study more and, and ask the spirit to discern for us what he's asking us to do. And, and another thing that I've, I've heard just as it's starting to come out is a couple of women have said to me, like, you're describing a person, a, a woman that's not like me. I don't, I don't want to be in the fight. I don't like to be out front. I don't need to be in charge. I don't, mm -hmm. I like, you don't have to fight that for me. And that, like, I just want them to be the way God made them. If their temperament right wants them to serve in the kitchen or hold babies as right. examples. If they're, if yeah. they are beside behind the sun, behind the scenes people and supporters, then go be all that God made you. Right. To be. Exactly. Be that because, because that's how God made you and not because that's the mm -hmm. only choice that you had. So exactly. I'm not trying to make anyone be something that they're not. Yeah. That's so true because he gives each of us a gifting and yes. he calls each of us to a certain thing and he'll let you know what he wants you to do. Um, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate the opportunity to share in this kind of setting on mm -hmm. your podcast, because I think we are so, um, regulated these days to like tweets and short sound bites. And mm -hmm. the truth is this is a kind of conversation that needed some space to breathe. So Absolutely. thanks for having me on today to have the conversation. Absolutely. The one thing I do want to address that you talk about in your book, we talk about, Proverbs 31 women. Mm -hmm. And then that gets preached. You know, women be this, women be this, women be this. Mm -hmm. But most of them are not called warriors. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what they have in common. Yeah, I think I think women have like a most women have like a love-hate relationship with the Proverbs 31. <laughs> she has she mm -hmm. has a a seemingly impossibly high standard. And how is it that God has you know, like how, how can we possibly meet what she does? But I've come to respect her more and more. Um, mm -hmm. she, she, she was considering the field and buying it. She was, she had side hustles. She, mm -hmm. she was, her people knew that they were a priority. I, I appreciate her. And I think what, what she was, was just fully engaged mm -hmm. and freely exercising mm -hmm. her gifts on her people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think a warrior is. I think that's been God's design since the yeah. very beginning. Like I made you and I made you in my image. Mm -hmm. I had kind of subtly absorbed this idea over time that men were preferred, um, not necessarily better, but they got the best kingdom jobs. They were created first. <laughs> they were physically stronger. Um, there's a lot more about them in the Bible than there's about women. Uh, Jesus came in the form of a man. Like, I just was like, I think they're like preferred. And when, when we realized that we, uh, Jesus did come in the form of a man and God did teach us to pray our father who art in heaven, but we didn't come from nothing. Like we are also made in the image of God. And so if I don't exercise the way that God made me, someone is not getting a full picture. If we have rooms where women are not invited into only a partial, a portion or a partial picture of who God is, is being represented in the room. And I think the Proverbs 31 woman was just, she was living her best life. And mm -hmm. that's what I want to lean into that idea that, um, I, I can be all that God made me to be. Mm -hmm. 
I love that because that is a new way to look at that because they don't present her as a warrior. Right. People don't present her as a warrior. That's, yeah. that's a great way to look at her. Yeah. We'll just, uh, we'll just keep opening our Bibles really for the rest of our earthly lives and asking God, what do you have for us in this? And I hope, mm -hmm. I hope as we sew together our Genesis passages with our Proverbs passages, with our Paul passages, with our revelation passages, we'll just mm -hmm. have a, a, a fuller picture of who it is that God made us to be. And mm -hmm. he wants to love us a whole lot more than he wants to use us. So I don't want the conversation to be fully focused on what we do for the kingdom right. um, as much as who we are in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's, it's an exciting conversation to have. And I want more women to have it. Amen. Amen. And I have also loved this conversation today, Beth. And where can people find you? Yep. I, I'm on all the social media platforms under my name, Beth Kuchenberger. Um, I blog regularly on a website called recklessfaith.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, our ministry is called back and the number two back.org, back to back.org. And the book is available all the places where you buy your books. All right. And guys go out and go get yourself a copy. And I just loved our conversation. And I'm so excited to, for this book to come out and so excited for women to read it and men as well. And for us to come alongside each other in the kingdom work as it was called to be. So thank you for coming today and for tuning in. And I'll talk to you guys next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode.